let's begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of That's Wild. It is the most second episode of our beautiful show. Oh, man, that was a good joke. (laughs) I actually, before we start, I have a really quick question that's unrelated to our topic today, but it is Mm. related to animals, and that's, can cats consciously control their tails? How would I know that? You How said would anyone a bad word that? already. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, um, I don't think it's something they really need to think about because they aren't prehensile. They probably could. I mean, I don't know if anyone's trained a cat to move its tail in a certain way, which would imply it's conscious, but. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I was just asking because Remus chases it, and every time he sees it, it's like he doesn't know what it is or why it's moving. (laughs) Is this part of the episode? It is. It is now. Hi, everyone. I have a cat named Remus, and he's, and I'm allergic to him, and he's allergic to me, so we're a match made in heaven. (laughs) And I took a nap on a feather pillow, and now I'm gross. So this is going to be a very gross episode. Yeah, we're very, like, mocoso. We're very snotty right now. (laughs) Um, you just learned a little um, Spanish. Yeah, mocoso means snotty. <laughs> That's a good word. Um, you should have named Remus that. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> That's what we call him. <laughs> little <at home>. mocoso. <laughs> That's what we call him. Oh, your little snot. Um, <laughs> little snot sack. He's so good. So, <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> he's so small. So this week we're not talking about cats. Who knows? Maybe another week. This week, we actually... What, what, was there a precedent for that? For talking about cats? Well, because I was talking about my little boy. My little beep. Oh, boy. right. He's uh, a cat. Yeah, he is a cat. Uh, so we're actually... We're going to be talking about uh, a different animal today. An animal that we were inspired to talk about by our friend uh, Rachel, who's part of our group chat. Do you want to tell the story, Lydia? Um, well, are we going to do animal news first? Oh, snap. Yeah, okay, everyone, we're doing a new segment called Animal News <laughs> until we figure out a better title for you it. You thought of it, not me. <laughs> until we think of a better title, we're calling it Animal News, and it's going to be... so we should... Yeah, it's going to be yeah, happy, happy, happy Animal News of the Week because I don't want to hear about sad things because I like... Yes, I was news. ordered to only find happy news stories. Like, I have so many sad ones I could have brought to the table, but they are not allowed. No, no bad things are allowed. All right, so so hit me with that good, good, uh, good animal news that's not from Myanmar. (laughs) It's not from Myanmar. Well, it's just one of many, but, um, and I believe, yeah, this was two days ago. I don't know when this podcast will air, but as of recording, it's two days ago that, um, a bunch of people found, like, a photo of a turtle, and they were like, that looks like a turtle that's extinct in the wild. What's up with that? And it turns out it's not extinct in India. The black soft shell turtle was just found to be not extinct in the wild. And apparently these people had been fishing it out of a lake for a long time without realizing it was, like, endangered. So they had been, like, eating them. And they're like, please don't. Oh, goodness. Eat them. (laughs) But the good news is that suggests there's a big population of them in that, like, lake or river. So, you know, good. That's great Great. news. What's the name of this turtle again? 
Uh, the black soft shell turtle. We get soft shell turtles in Florida, but they're ugly as sin. Well, all of them are, and they're not ugly, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're ugly, but also they're not ugly. Yes. Okay, <laughs> let's see some more news. Um, it was someone, a special birthday recently. <gasps> um, Sirocco the Cockapo's 20th <gasps> birthday was on the 23rd. You may remember him as the Cockapo that humped the head of Stephen Fry's friend, whose name I can't rem- remember the name of, I'm sorry. Oh nameless man who was humped by a parrot. That was um, a very popular meme for a while. Yes, and he is 20, and apparently he is he is uh, incognito right now. He apparently, he's not, like, in captivity, but he's imprinted on humans. Oh. So he usually stays near them, but apparently he's having, like, a midlife crisis, and he wandered off somewhere else on the island. So I hope he's having a really good birthday party um, with all the other animals on the island. Um, it's probably gonna get wild. So, happy birthday, Sirocco. Happy um, birthday, Sirocco. Another species that was thought to be extinct, the night parrot in Western Australia, has been photographed. And that's good news, because now they have an excuse to potentially stop some uh, environmentally shady mining stuff that was gonna happen there, because, you know, I don't know where the night parrot is. You gotta shut it all down. Good job. Um... <gasps> There's a lot of good animal news this week. There's, uh, let's see. Oh, there's a new crab! (gasps) Crab! New crab alert! (laughs) (laughs) New crabs! Uh, the species' Latin name is Haberma tingcock. It is in Hong Kong. It lives in mangrove trees. It is very small. Oh, how small is it? So small. It's less than a centimeter long. It's so small. Oh my god, no wonder we haven't seen it. It's extremely small, and it just lives in the trees. Uh, oh I have even more animal news. Uh, another <laughs> okay. big thing that happened is that the dinosaur family tree is possibly, probably getting redrawn almost, like, really dramatically. Um, the, since 1887, it's been thought that the lizard hips, sir, the lizard-hipped dinosaurs, the Ceresians which includes theropods like T-Rex and sauropods, you know, your, your sharp teeth and your long necks for you, for you kids, as well as birds, <laughs> which is Don ironic Bluth because, kids. yeah, you Don Bluth kids. Um, it's ironic that birds are in that group because it's called lizard-hipped, and the other group is called bird-hipped, which includes um, triceratops, pachycephalosaurs, stegosaurs, the works... Um, but now this new analysis that just came out suggests that the theropods, like T-Rex, and the Triceratops should be together, and the sauropods get to go off on their own and be sad. Um, they're not invited but, to the party. The yeah. hip party. The, yeah, the, the new hip lizard and bird combo. Um, <laughs> I'm at the lizard hip party. I'm at the bird hip party. I'm at the combination lizard hip bird yeah. hip party. Except if you're a long neck, then you're just out in the cold. You're not oh, yeah. the bouncer and wouldn't let you in. And your mom is dead, and your and your mom is dead, and um, you can't go on an adventure because the Triceratops is a racist. Um, and all the I tree lost... stars are gone. <laughs> the tree stars are gone. Um, what a good movie. Um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, there. Um, okay, so. One last thing, because yeah. I think we need to move on to our, our 
target animal. Um, research on wolf spiders has determined that males can tell when females have cannibalized other males. Whoa! (laughs) And will either run away or dance really hard. Uh, Um, Dance like they've never danced before in the hope that she won't eat him or she'll eat him after they have sex. I almost said a bad word there, but I stopped myself. Uh, guys, um, wolf spiders are, like, terrifying. They're, like, the the kind of spider are, that you picture when you think of terrifying spider. They have, they like, two are, big eyes um, and then four small ones, and then they have, like, furry fang things. I'm gonna and stop you mustache. right here. I'm gonna stop you right here and say that they are completely harmless to human, they, humans, and they have fascinating behavior, and they are pure and good. Uh, um, I'm and their mating dances are really cute. Of what I assume is a mother with all of her babies just attached to her. Yes, butt. they have parenting behavior. They're Holy very sweet, moly. and I this will thank you the most not to spread spider thing. slander. Do not use the D word in reference to spiders in my presence. They have had enough bad press. I okay. They don't deserve it. I will be more open to other spiders. But the wolf spider is literally the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It's Do not. Like, it I, reminds I'm, I'm going to stop recording of, right this minute. Right this minute. If you don't stop slandering the spider. Okay. It rem- let me just say really quick. It reminds me of that episode from that EMT show that used to be on Disney Channel, like a live action EMT show. And there was like a pulsating cactus and it exploded and a million spiders came out and it terrified the living bejesus out of me. And that's that what the That sounds like, looks like your problem, not really the spider's problem. Well, it wasn't anyway, even my problem. It was the Disney EMT people's problem. Anyway, let me finish my show news co- story. The show is called In a Heartbeat, by the way. <laughs> Continue. I've never heard of it. I only, I was a so weird kid. Oh, um, so weird was good. So there's a description of one incidence of spider courtship uh, where an inexperienced male was trying to mate with an an experienced female, um, and so he was dancing, as spiders do, um, and so she was interested, but every time he would come close to her, because he was inexperienced, he would get scared and run away, and this happened several times, and finally she got annoyed and started chasing him around, and the scientists had to rescue him. Oh. so they yeah so you know be confident that's what the ladies want um so they have found that this courtship behavior is flexible and they can learn to adapt it and just one last cute thing they have an experiment apparatus that puts the spider on kind of a little treadmill um in front of a 3d screen with virtual spiders on it to see which ones he is attracted to And it's really cute. It's not gross. <laughs> it's like Tinder <laughs> for spiders. Yeah, spider Tinder. Um, and I think that'll be all the animal news for now. Yeah, that's a good solid like ten minutes of animal news, which is that's a lot of news. Yeah, it's good news. That's a lot of news. I feel really good about that. I feel happier now. So I can't talk about the Ohio thing or the thing with the wolf cubs or no, we're not even going to think about those. If you want to think about those, then you're a sad person. (laughs) Not really. I'm always always sad. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with being informed, but I don't want to be (laughs) informed about sad. You want to be ignorant? I want to be ignorant. Let's let's talk about our target animal, uh, who is inspired by our friend Rachel. Uh, Do you want to tell the story, or should I tell the story? You tell the story. Uh, because I talked a lot just now. <laughs> okay, I'll tell the story. Uh, so our friend Rachel has a pet snake named Cleo, Cleopatra, and she's beautiful and I love her. 
and Cleopatra eats rats like most other snakes. Uh, and I guess Cleo was molting or shedding. What's the shedding? Shedding. shedding is she was shedding her skin, and. I guess she had lost her appetite because she was not eating the rat that Rachel had so kindly provided for her in the tank. So Rachel took the rat out and she put it in her bathtub and it's been living in her bathtub for uh, like a week now, I guess. (laughs) She's been taking care of it. His name is Francis. She keeps telling us that she's going to feed him to Cleo anyway. But uh, at this point, I think that she and I are both too attached to this little rat. I don't know if this is a podcast-appropriate story, just thinking about it, because we would get a lot of angry emails from the rat lovers about this. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, They're going to be like, first of all, don't keep a rat in a bathtub. Second of all, don't feed it to a snake. (laughs) The good news is, she is getting Francis a cage and a friend, because rats are social animals, and they need friends. This is true. This is true. So... Our animal of the week is the rat. So if you were born in the year 1924, 1936, 1948, 1960, 1972, 1984, 1996, or 2008, it is your podcast today. All yours. All yours. <laughs> Should I talk about the aspects of the year of the rat? Yeah, go for it. All right, sure. Uh, the rat is a yang animal. Uh... Can you explain what that means? Uh, So basically the Chinese Taoist belief of yin and yang is not really equatable to a concept of good and evil so much as it is of light and dark complements. One complements the other. Um, So yang is the symbol, is the half of the symbol that's like the black with the white dot in it. Um, So half of the animals of the zodiac are yin, half of them are yang. It just means that they complement each other. So the rat is a yang sign. It is associated with the element water. It is the 11th. Yeah, it's (laughs) very wet. It's associated with the 11th month of the year. Its lucky numbers are two, five, six, eight. And they need to avoid the numbers three, four, and nine. Their lucky flowers are lilies. Of every species. Your lucky colors are yellow, you must avoid red and blue, and your season is winter. If you were born in the year of the rat, you are likely ambitious, intelligent, persuasive, sociable, charming, charismatic, shrewd, industrious, meticulous, tenacious, artistic, and eloquent. Holy shit. But you're also probably cunning, manipulative, opportunist, scheming, and exploitative. And this is because uh, the belief of the the year of the or the origin of the Chinese zodiac for those of you who've read Fruits Basket it's very similar I was about to, to mention Fruits Basket <laughs> it's very similar to that basically what happened was um, there was a race and all of the animals were going to participate and what happened was uh, a race to where like what are the stakes here oh they had to get to the Jade Emperor who called the meeting. Uh, and, and what's the meeting for? Uh, we need more backstory. I don't know. It doesn't really say what the meeting was for. They just said that the emperor called the meeting and they had to cross a river to get to the meeting place. So, All right. uh, and, and then like the Jade Emperor was like, yeah, if you make it to the other end of the river, 
you'll get a year on the calendar named after you uh, in the order that you arrived at the meeting. And so what happened was the fast, the rat and the cat, who is not in the Chinese Zodiac, rip in pieces, Keo. <laughs> they decided the, the, the easiest way to get across the river was to hide on the back of the ox because oxes are good swimmers. They're naive. They're good natured. Uh, and they're big and strong. Uh, so strong. So the rat uh, was sitting on the back of the ox and while they were crossing the river, he pushed the cat off. And <laughs> wait, was the cat also on the back of the ox? Yeah, yeah, I said that. Did you? Yes. I I was in another plane for a minute there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, then, when the ox was getting close to the other side of the river, the rat jumped ahead and he reached the shore first. So he became the first animal in the zodiac. So that's why he's associated with like cunning and ambition and other things like that. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky and cheeky. Are real are real rats sneaky and cheeky? Um, I would say no more, no less than any other animal. Oh. You want to tell me any other things about rats while we're at it? <laughs> okay, so let's start with, what is a rat? What's <laughs> a rat? It is surprisingly not a simple question to answer. Uh, because many rodents, and even some non-rodents, have rat in their names. Like, before we started, you had mentioned naked mole rats, and I was like, no, those aren't real rats. They're, they're not rats true in my rats. Heart. Well, they're not, but okay. Um, so, there, there's, like, a lot of rodents. I forgot to look up the number of rodent species, but it's very large. It's easily over a thousand, probably over two thousand. I haven't double-checked, but it's, lo- it's a lot. They're the biggest mammal order, rodentia, and, like, half of them probably have the word rat in their name. But the true rats are members of the genus Rattus, and that is 64 species. Um, the one we're most familiar with is the brown rat, um, which is the source of the domesticated rats, uh, the fancy rats. The second most common one is the black rat, which uh, their species name is Rattus rattus. And which they were responsible for the, the black rat plague. Rat. Yes. Um, the rat rat. The rat rat. Uh, <laughs> the rat rats. Um, Double the, the rat. The third most common is the Polynesian rat, which is the one that is just ruining New Zealand, just destroying <laughs> it. Um, well, the other ones are helping, but that one is really just having a ball, um, eating eggs. Um, oh, no. So, what, ra- what kind the rat of eggs? Is- hmm? What kind of eggs are they eating? All kinds of eggs. Bird eggs, mostly. Why? You know, like the eggs of the cockapos. Is that how they're destroying things? By just, like, eating eggs? And killing, probably, baby birds who have no defense against mammal These predators. These are very tough rats. <laughs> I mean, these are very stupid birds. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll counter you with that. Um, they have not evolved any defense against mammal predators. You know, there, there were no mammal predators there um, until humans were like, hey, yo, what's up? We have ships and rats. So then is, um, the, and I sh- is the brown rat a type of, is the white rat a type of brown rat? The, yeah, the white rat is just a brown rat that is either albino, leucistic, something like that. Okay. Um, and that is generally domesticated. Uh, you know, you don't really find those in the wild very often. Right. Um, 
And let me get back. Yes, yeah, so brown rats are the most successful. They're on every continent except Antarctica. Almost impossible to eradicate uh, eradicate. In, in human terms. Eradicate. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 it's a Pokemon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just got that joke. <laughs> God, I'm a failure. Um, okay, but all rats, that is the true rats, the raddest genus... Um, uh, come from Asia, in fact. They all started out in Asia. Um, what part of Asia? Do we know? Uh, South Asia, southeast, um, and they kind of move westward. So, uh, black rats are from Indonesia and Malaysia, and they were introduced to Europe, um, by the Romans, who were going across trading spices, and just the black rats were like, yo, and they hitched a ride, and there they were. Um, and then they came into Europe. And the brown rat is from China and Mongolia, from the plains. Um, and that was introduced to Europe sometime in the Middle Ages. And in fact, it is probably a large part of what helped stop the Black Plague from uh, spreading, because they displaced the black rats oh. as they went, because they are bigger and um, they're better at living in cities because they like damp, dark places and they're burrowers as opposed to black rats which like to climb trees for some reason <laughs> which is why they're sometimes called roof rats oh they they just roof around is roof a um n- no just just roofs <laughs> just roof like they like to sit on roofs. anyway some other fun rat species names that i found just for giggles uh, there's a species called the sunburned rat from Indonesia. Oh. Um, the glacier rat, which is also from Indonesia and nowhere near any glaciers. Um, and finally, the nonsense rat from India. I don't know why it's called that, but it I love it. Um, so animals that are not true rats, as I said, naked bull rats, pack rats, Gambian pouched rats, which are the rats that, um, well, they're not the rats that uh, sniff out the mines, those are actually not in the rat clade, um, the true rat clade. And kangaroo rats are also not true rats. Oh. I'm out of did breath. Did you say from... nonsense rat? Yes, I okay. did. Okay, don't Google image that, guys, because there's just, like, a really weird picture of a human rat thing. I guess it's okay. somebody's Some, some body picture. horror. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send you the picture because I don't want to suffer I don't alone. want it. Well, I don't want it. too bad. I've made this decision for you. Uh, uh, so while we're in Asia, I guess. Uh, hang on a second. Oh, no. I don't like it. Send it back. <laughs> Take it back and my I eyeballs. hate it. Uh, really quick, what's the difference between a rat and a mouse? Uh, Aside the, from, like, the tail. So- so, well, a lot of differences. They're actually further apart genetically than humans and chimpanzees. Oh. Um, yeah, way further. In fact, there are different genus um, called uh, the, tr- the true mice. Again, a lot of rodents are also called mice. They have mouse in the name. Um, is a genus called moose, M-U-S. <laughs> not, but not, you know, not Canadian moose, moose, but yeah, <laughs> different moose. Um or mus. I don't know. I didn't Google how to pronounce it. I think it's moose. Um, and they are just a different rodent. Like oh, okay. that, you know, they're not completely. Yeah, they're not that close. No, I mean they are. They're both I mean, rodents. Yeah, I got that, but like <laughs> they're not in the same genus, right? So they're they're, they're more dif- 
different than I thought. Okay, so yeah, while we're they're in... both Muroids, which is a, a, a family, I think. But anyway, go on. While we're in Asia, we're gonna take a trip up from Indonesia and head over to Japan, and then we're gonna head Whoa! over to India. But first, we're gonna go to Japan. <laughs> Whoa, that's some fast travel. Yeah. Oh, I have a statement about Japan before we leave, so remind me. Right, okay. Before we hop on our airplane. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Yum. we're going to be talking about uh, Tesso, which is a... It's it's written with the character for Tetsu, which means iron, and So, or Nezumi, which means mouse or rat. Uh, I guess nobody told the Japanese that there is a very big difference between mice and well, rats. Well, the Romans had the same issue. They called um, rats big rats and mice small rats. So I think we do the same in Spanish. <laughs> so there you go. It was a problem around the world. So, uh, yeah, so Tessol was a, it was a name applied in Toriyama Se- Sekien's ni- uh, 1776 anthology, Gazuhyaki Yako. Uh, which was a sort of a compilation or encyclopedia of all of these different yokai or demons. Um, but the character of Tessol had existed since before 1776 when Sekien had come along with his anthology. Um, in particular, the story of Tessol comes from uh, Heike Monogatari, uh, which... Monogatari is like a legend. Yeah, like a tale. Yeah. So basically what happened in that legend... I know my animes. (laughs) I watched anime. I know what Monogatari means. Yeah. Uh, Basically what happened was Emperor Shirakawa uh, was super desperate for an heir. So he appealed to this monk, uh, Raigo, of the Midara Midara Temple. And Raigo agreed to help this king this emperor and he began praying and meditating and using magic and eventually the king was born well born to the king was a son prince taruhito and in exchange raigo asked for his reward uh and he just wanted some money to build an ordainment platform i guess at the temple so that he could ordain more monks at midara some some little baby monks could sprout into beautiful yeah, uh, it's kind of like a garden food. for people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the problem was that Midara Temple had a rival in Enrakuji in Kyoto, which was uh, terrifying because the monks at Enrakuji were, like, super militant, and they would not listen to anything that even the emperor said. Everyone was afraid of the monks at this temple. Uh, scary monks. And they did not want the monks at Midera to build an ordainment platform because... Uh, stealing their customers? Yeah. Stealing their monk, monk pre-monks? Well, not so much that. They, they both belonged to the same sect, but they didn't want... But they were the only temple that, at this point, had the right to ordain more monks. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Some, some ordainment shenanigans happened. Yeah. Here. It was their job. So the emperor couldn't fulfill his promise to Raigo, and he asked if he could give him any other reward. Uh, but Raigo was very adamant, and he went on a hunger strike, which did not go well because he died a hundred days later. Mm, uh, it and happens. Then, uh, as he was dying, he cursed the emperor, and a few days later, his ghost, or Yure, appeared at the bed of the four-year-old prince, who then died soon afterwards because of a curse. Ooh. And in some versions of the tale, 
especially in older versions, uh, that's where the story ends. But in later versions, and specifically from the 14th century, uh, we later find out that Rigel utilized black magics to return not just as no. a ghost, but as a yokite. And he took on the form of a rat as large as a man with, like, incredible strength and claws and teeth made of iron. So, and wait a minute. You're saying it was a rodent of unusual size? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe they exist. <laughs> I wish that's not true. Capybaras exist. Oh yeah, and they're very cute. <laughs> and there, there were like car-sized rodents at one point. That's terrifying. No, it, it was probably really cute. I, anyway. I'm sure they're adorable, but I don't want to think about a rodent that's bigger than me. Uh, <laughs> but you could ride complex. him. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> go on, go on. So Rigo became this really giant rat with like iron teeth and claws and he invaded the Enrakuji temple. Uh, real rat's teeth are actually stronger than iron on the Okay, well scale. maybe he's like a <laughs> worse rat. <laughs> maybe they were like steel. Well, or diamond. With the kanji for irons. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to give the viewers the real facts here. Okay. Go on. <laughs> so he was like a worse rat, I guess, but really big. And he attacked Enrakuji with a rat army and devoured their valuables, their sacred texts, and their statues. And then he continued to terrorize them until uh, the townspeople built a shrine in his honor, which transformed him from a yokai into a benevolent and protective kami, or god. I, and... you, I know what kami is, but for a second I heard, like, kami, like communist. <laughs> <laughs> Just a benevolent communist. Comrade. Uh, give so... me... Anyway, give me an offering. Go on. <laughs> Build me a temple. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... We don't have any, like, foundation for this story. We don't know that any of these people actually existed, except we kind of think that Emperor Shirakawa was definitely a real person. But we don't have any records for his son or anything like that. We do have a record of a monk named Daigo, but I think it's safe to say he didn't turn into a giant rat. You don't know that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, were the, was there more than one monk with that, with that name or was it just like only one monk? Well, there was one monk with that name who lived at the time and he was... Uh, only one. Yeah, he was the only one. But, that, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's believed that like the origin for this story is that rats were a real problem for book collectors of the day because wow I really jumbled that sentence up they were a real problem for book collectors of the day because they really did eat sacred texts so they're hungry yeah so for like Japanese people in the, in the 1400s they're could have been be, mice though they didn't know the difference that's true they could have been like wow look <laughs> at that really big mouse with a fleshy tail <laughs> It's eating all of our sacred texts. Uh, what was the thing you were going to say about Japan? Well, now that you brought up rat uh, rat swarms, I want to talk about something else. Which is... <gasps> rat kings? No. Oh. Those are fake. Um, <laughs> I, those don't even deserve my time. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The Nutcracker, a myth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is true. They're not real. They don't happen in nature. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, I'm gonna talk about rat swarms. Okay. Um, so it's like which, a less organized rat king. It is nothing to do with a rat king. Rat kings are fake. Um, <laughs> rat swarms. So we see this often in movies and in stories like the one you just discussed where just a frickin', uh, I didn't swear, a horde of rats just pouring out of the sewer or wherever and just, like, come up on people and devour them alive. This doesn't happen. That's not real. Um, But what does happen is that a very specific set of conditions can cause... Um, in many rodents, a huge uptick in the population, and then you can have situations where you are wading through rats. Now, rats do not generally attack people. Um, they're, they are omnivores, but they don't usually go for, like, it would be really stupid of them to go for, like, huge people, even in a swarm. Um, uh, but, uh, they, they do devastate say, granaries and stuff like that. Um, one really interesting, um, (coughs) version of this is that about every 50 years in India, there is a phenomenon called Mautam, or bamboo death. Um, a type of bamboo called Melocana, which is the genus name, Melocana, Mm -hmm. uh, flowers only once every 50 years or so, and they all flower at once. And they produce fruit uh, and seeds. Um, the sudden availability of food causes a massive surge in the black rat population in India. Um, so there are suddenly millions and millions of rats eating these seeds. And then uh, just as fast as they appear, they're all gone. Now you have millions of rats who uh, were born with these seeds because of these seeds and then they don't have any food so they come down into the fields and stuff and break into the granaries and it often results in a massive famine. In fact, I think even now they don't really have a way to stop it. Um, what is this event- called again? Uh, it's called um, Melocana, so that's the genus name, M-E-L-O-C-A-N-N-A, and it's a type of bamboo. Okay. So the last one of these was in 2009. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, and the next is predicted to be around um, 2057, so look forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) Look forward to the rat swarm. You said you were going to talk about something in Japan. Yes. That was India. Uh, I know, but you made me think of that with your story. (laughs) India's not Japan. Listen, we're going back to Japan. Here, yeah. Here's another segue that you might end up being... You were going to do this because I have a thing about India. Okay, but you said rat swarm, so I had to do it. Listen. All right, all right. Listen, we didn't plan this out very well. No. We're, we're jumping all over <laughs> the place. It's not obvious. Um, okay, so uh, Japan um, may have something to do with the actual domestication of rats. <gasps> So, a recent study found that all fancy rats, which is the name for domesticated rats, um, carry um, the same mutations, or rather, all all ones that have white on them, and then the black, the other ones are bred back or bred just without the mutation. But anyway, all the white ones have a same mutation for albinism, which is significant because. There are a lot of different ways to get albinism in an animal, a lot of different genes. Right. But So the fact that they all have the same one suggests they all came from a common ancestor. Um, and the same is true for hooded rats, which are the rats which have um, black 
front half of their body and then white back half. Aww. Um, Looking at so, a picture of one holding its yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I know. They're really cute. Um, so these rats, um, the interesting thing is that all white rats also have the hooded rat mutation. Um, it just doesn't show up because the white mutation overrides it. So this suggests that the ancestor of all modern white rats was also a hooded rat. This is significant to Japan because um, hooded rats were bred there in the 1700s as pets. Um, so it's been thought that perhaps um, one, some of these hooded rats were introduced to England um, and uh, kept by rat catchers, and that's how the mutation spread from Japan to, what did you just send me on Skype, to England. Oh, he's got Google eyes on his butt. Oh, he's <laughs> cute. I love oh, it. but now I had to look at that rat man again. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Japan gave us the domestic rat. Possibly. Japan. Well, probably, yeah. Uh, well, pro- I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, potentially, Japan. Uh, there's, there's like a second half to that story, but it has more to do with England, so I'll wait. I'll, I'll keep it close to my chest. Okay. <laughs> uh... uh while we're on the topic, you mentioned that a lot of animals, a lot of rodents have uh, rats in their names, mm-hmm. but they're not actually rats. True rats, yeah. Uh, an example would be the hedgehog, which in Japanese is called the harinezumi, which means uh, needle rat. Or incredibly needle far removed from true rats, not even a rodent. Also incredibly <laughs> far removed from hogs and needles. And hedges. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, completely a wrong completely a bad you did a real bad guys oh i'm gonna have to talk about the wild haggis one day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on the time we're talking about hedgehogs if we ever do a whole episode on hedgehogs the whole hog you could say oh my god we're gonna have to do an episode on hogs and include hedgehogs Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway no uh, let's pretend that this is where you start talking about the the indian rats maltam the bamboo the bamboo death yeah, the bamboo death, because now we're talking about India and its Karnimata temple. Uh, oh, I know this. I know about this, but go on. Yeah, so Karnimata uh, was a female Hindu warrior from the 16th century who was worshipped as the physical incarnation of the warrior goddess Durga, who was a goddess known for combating evil and defending prosperity and the dharma of the good. So generally a really cool goddess. And I she, love her. Yeah, me too. She lived in a ascetic lifestyle and was widely revered in her lifetime. Uh, and, and yeah, just like everyone loved her and they asked her to lay Wait, down the what fa- kind of lifestyle? Can you repeat that? Ascetic? Ascetic? What does that mean? Uh, so like a monk, uh, like they, they, their diet is very specific. They only live off like the land and stuff. Uh, oh, okay. It's a life of poverty. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> because... Yeah, a, a practice of severe self-discipline and abstination from all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. Well, good for her. Yeah. I would do it. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy my indulgences. Me too. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Maharajas were really big fans of her. They asked her to lay down the foundational stones of their most important forts. Uh, and she reportedly disappeared at the age of 151. Mm. Uh, and an elder, yeah, uh, a super elder, if you will. But I bet she was still like hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
But old, but like hot. But old. like that, like cougar, like oh man, yeah, uh, super hot. <laughs> the asceticism really. I mean, she look... disciplined that body yeah. into shape. Anyway, I'm, I'm so sorry to any Hindus in the audience. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably being very disrespectful. I'm very sorry. <laughs> you just couldn't resist. I couldn't. Re- I mean, I, you could I, have. I'm you saying just chose it. I would. You know, I'm saying it in a very respectful way. She was probably extremely hot. <laughs> just continue to say it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she disappeared at the ripe young age of 151, and uh, the Karni Mata Temple in Deshnok Rajasthan. India was built in her honor uh, and it's related to our story of rats because during her life one of her clansmen drowned in a pond and so Kani okay. begged the god of death whose name is Yama to return him to her but Yama only agreed to bring him and all of Karnimata's male heirs to be reincarnated as rats so to this day, the Karnimata Temple is home to 25,000 rats, and they're called nice. Kabbas, or Kabbas or something. Does it mean good boys? Because it should. <laughs> Those good, good boys. Good I have boys. no idea what it means, but uh, I, I think it just refers to the reincarnated spirits that are in heaven. I think it means good have... boys. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's your Again, opinion. I'm sorry. The really good thing about... Uh, Indian languages, because there are many of them, is that it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, and so, yeah, basically the pilgrims and tourists from all over the world still go to this temple, uh, and white rats especially are considered holy and are seen as the incarnations of Karnimata and her four sons. So if you hmm. see them, they're very lucky. And supposedly, if you eat anything that's been nippled, n- nippled, if you eat Whoa. anything that's been nibbled <laughs> on by the rats, uh, it's very good luck, and it's a holy thing. Well, isn't that grand? Uh, by the contrast, my dad was telling me the other day that one time he knew someone whose wife had given birth and she was lactating, and while she was sleeping, uh, a rat was. Uh, drinking from her breast. <laughs> it could happen. I don't know if it's true. I don't Probably know. Probably not. That. My dad likes shock factor things like yes. that. Yes. Um, and you know, it's not the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. I Have mean, you seen the movie The Witch? Uh, no. Does it involve a frog suckling from a woman? No, it's something that would be much more painful. But I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, um. Anyway. Thank you. I was talking about the TV show Salem. Oh, well, The woman good. had a nipple on her thigh, and it was very upsetting. Oh, yeah. People actually have those, though. They're yeah. uh, extra, extra numerary nipples. Just... But, does, but do they suckle frogs from them and then hide the frogs inside of their bodies? They usually do not They are usually incomplete nipples, so it would be difficult. Also, frogs don't suckle. They are not milk-producing animals. I did not so... think they did. There are several factors here which are questionable. Yes. Anyhow. Um, My friend Dana's brother has three nipples. She actually has... You I'm know Dana. really glad that you aired that on the show. <laughs> she has two <laughs> brothers and they're twins. And I can't tell them apart except for one of them has three nipples. Do you, like, ask him to lift his shirt every time you see him? Oh, that's that's John. There, There's his nip. <laughs> no. Three no. nip John. I just have to assume that we're at the beach or, or something. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I was going to talk about white rats really briefly. <laughs> because Continue. 
people tend to be fascinated by animals that are different colored from normal. Um, and white rats are no exception. They are usually the most common lab animals. In fact, there's a bunch of strains of white rats that are like Sprague Dolly and um, White Star rats. But the thing about white rats is their albinism, which means they have no pigment um, in their skin and in their eyes, etc., um, makes them have very poor vision. Um, I don't think it affects their hearing, but it can affect hearing in a lot of animals because melatonin, forms of melatonin also function in vision, hearing, and even in parts of the brain. So Yeah, I know that people who are albino have like, like the, sometimes their eyes are very sensitive and they shake. Mm-hmm. Because they're not getting, they're not able to absorb certain vitamins from the sun without melanin. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, so white rats have this issue where they cannot see as well, which may be why they're considered a lot more docile. It may be because they just can't, you know, they can't process as well. So that's a little sad, but I just want to put that out there. PSA, white rats, they are not good at seeing. (laughs) (laughs) So just be very clear when you're approaching one of them. Yeah, and and it's just I feel like it's good for people to know that that's what you get if an if uh, a rodent has red eyes, it probably has poor vision. Um and possibly, I mean, there's possibility and I think that this should be more looked into than it is um that the the melatonin I don't think it's affected in rats. I was trying to look it up, but um there's neuromelatonin too that does important stuff in the brain. And uh, in some forms of albinism, this is also affected, and that can adversely affect, like, your brain. So, oh. it's it's interesting stuff to consider. I don't think it affects rats in that way, because, again, there's lots of different forms of melatonin, which is why so many there's so many different ways, mutations, that can cause albinisms. And like I said, the domestic rats only use one. So. 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 Uh, did you have another story, or should I go on into Jack Black? Uh, wait, like <laughs> Not the, the actor? actor. <laughs> not the actor. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do! It's not related to what you just said at all. Uh, uh where, talk where is about it? The Nutcracker and the Mouse King, because you didn't want to talk about Mice Kings, so I'm gonna talk about Rat Kings. I said Mice Kings, I meant Rat Kings. You did say Mice Kings, like, three times. Okay, well, in the translation I was reading, it was called The Mouse King. Okay, go for, go for the Nutcracker, because my next bit is in England, so. Alright, well, <laughs> this is Russia. <laughs> but it's actually, in Europe. It's Germany, but whatever. We're, we're going... It's yes. Hans Christian Andersen, right? No, it's E.T.A. Hoffman. Oh, well, I was wrong. But I know the version I was of thinking of. Did. I was thinking of the steadfast tin soldier, now that I think of it. <laughs> I was thinking of the little mermaid. That had a rat, right? Different, different animated toy. The yeah. little mermaid. <laughs> well, yes. uh, the version I'm familiar of is the one by Tchaikovsky, because that's... I guess once, the nutcracker isn't a toy. Once It's for cracking nuts. <laughs> Once November rolls around, my dad puts our family on twenty four seven Tchaikovsky lockdown. Oh, it is yes. all Nutcracker all the time, and Jesus. he doesn't relent until after New Year's. Um, but basically, what happens in the Nutcracker is that uh, in the original no version, nuts are at least, cracked. Yeah. Ironically, yeah, it is. It is cool that we're talking about Nutcrackers in in a rat episode because that is literally what rats are designed to do. Oh, yeah, with their with their stronger than iron teeth. 
It's true. On the Mohs scale, they are 0.5... I don't know what the units are called, but they're stronger. They're they're 5.5 and iron is 5 on the Mohs hardness scale. So take that, iron. You're not a good metal. (laughs) You should be ashamed. Uh, Wow, sick iron burn. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, basically the long and short of it is, I don't know how quickly I can condense this, but there's a girl named Marie Stahlbaum and she has a godfather named Drosselmeyer and he is an inventor, and he brings her and her brothers a wooden clockwork uh, dollhouse, but they get bored of it after a while. And Spoiled. Yeah, but uh, Marie notices a nutcracker that he has, and she falls in love with it, and she brings it with her to bed. All right. It's <laughs> jaw breaks. Down, Marie. Yeah, <laughs> it's jaw breaks. She fixes it with a ribbon, uh, and... She... How does its jaw break? Is that explained? They, they, yeah, they put a nut in it, and it was too strong for the nut. Nut wouldn't be too strong for a rat. No, <laughs> you should have been a rat. Uh, so all the kids go to bed, and Marie stays up late, and she's playing with the nutcracker, and suddenly a bunch of rats come out from the floorboards, followed by the seven-headed mouse king, or the rat king. I wrote mouse in here. I should have written rat. Yeah, this is literally an episode entirely about rats. Yeah, so. and we've established that they're nothing like mice. They are, yeah, they are not, well, they are alike, but they're <laughs> not related. So. Basically, rodents have come into that shape a lot. That's a good shape. That's a, a real good, good shape. shape. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the rats come out, the soldier, like the toy soldiers that the grand that the godfather had given to the brother come out and they're led by the nutcracker and they fight with the rats and unfortunately the toys are overwhelmed and the nutcracker is taken prisoner uh marie then throws her shoe at the rat king and then passes out for some reason i remember this yeah and then she wakes up and she tells her parents and Drosselmeyer about the fight, but they think that she was just dreaming like normal parents would. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drosselmeyer fixes the jaw of the nutcracker and tells uh, Marie the story of the rat queen and how nutcrackers came to be. And I didn't know this whole thing, uh, but basically what happened was the rat queen tricked Princess Pearly Pat. Uh, tricked her mother into allowing the rat queen and her children to eat all the lard that was going to be used in the sausages for the king's dinner Mm -hmm. which is just like a wild sentence to me and uh, the king had his court inventor Drosselmeyer create uh, like mouse traps for these rats and I guess they killed all of the rat queen's kids rude Uh, and then Pearly Pat's mother the queen had the they were saving rats. them from so many heart attacks, too. <laughs> yeah. Eating that lard. <laughs> so the queen had put the had the rats surrounded by cats, but then the cats fell asleep, and then the <laughs> <Just> rat... <laughs> yeah, I don't probably know. like Remus's ancestors. <laughs> yeah, like the worst <laughs> cats in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so the rat queen swore revenge, and she turned Pearly Pat into an ugly, enormous-headed, bearded... Uh, ugly person <laughs> the king uh, blamed I mean, Drosselmeyer and forced subjective. him to find a cure uh, so Drosselmeyer turned to the astrologer for help and they found out that the only cure was to have Pearly Pat eat the Krakatuk nut cracked open and handed to her by a man 
who had never shaved nor wore boots. <laughs> and he Boy, had to hand this... her the nut with closed eyes and then take seven steps backwards without falling. This is a lot. <laughs> it's a very big requirement. Uh but luckily, it turns out that the nut was with Drosselmeyer's cousin, and oh, his cousin had a convenient. son. Convenient. His cousin luckily had a son who had God never body. shaved or wore boots. I don't know where wearing boots come into this. But, it's very uh, Russian to wear boots. He succeeded in giving or Curly Pat the nut, and uh, while gave he her was that doing, nut. Yeah, he gave her the nut. <laughs> and would you say that he busted that nut for her? I'm deleting you from this podcast. <laughs> this is now That's Wild with Madeline. <laughs> we haven't said That's Wild like once. Oh, I'm so sorry. he busts the nut in, to her. Um, and then, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, so he he was doing the seven steps backwards, but the rat queen tripped him. And so that, the curse. That rat queen. The curse went from Pearly Pat to this nephew who now had the huge beard and the I huge I thought head. he had already never shaved. Yeah, but if he was a young man, he probably didn't have, like, that big of a beard. Yeah, but- Oh, oh, is that what they meant by never shaved, like, didn't enter puberty? Uh, I mean, he's probably, like- And then, like, suddenly, very puber- puberty. Yeah, it's- it's- He's, <laughs> like, the puberty. age of Marie, so old enough- Young enough to fall in love with a nutcracker. Yeah, young and uh, stupid. Now- now very hairy. Never wore boots. <laughs> so he became- Very cold feet. Very ugly and a nutcracker. And Pearly Pat, when she saw how ugly he became, refused to marry him and banished him from the castle, which is. Well, I don't have a great assessment of her character at this point. (laughs) Did you look in a mirror? (laughs) So, uh. So, Drosselmeyer finishes telling Marie the story. He dodged a bullet. Yeah, he really did. (laughs) And while she's recuperating from her passing out, uh, she hears the rat queen, the rat king, who's the son of the mouse queen, or the rat. Queen. The rat. Jesus the rat Christ. Queen. Jesus Christ. Sorry, my notes say mouse. Uh, oh man. And the the rat king threatens to eat the nutcracker to bits unless she gives him her Christmas gifts. So she complies, but the rat king demands more. The nutcracker then tells Marie to bring him his sword, and he will finish the mouse king off. Her brother Fritz gave her one of the swords from one of his toy soldiers, and the next day, the Nutcracker presents Marie the seven-headed crown of the Rat King. He then whisks her away Wait, to the doll palace. Wait, is it all one crown? Like, connected? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that would just look like, like a big an crown. Olympic, like, symbol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, he whisks her away to the doll palace, and then when she wakes up, she tells the doll that So does if... she turn tiny? Uh, it's like a dream, and yeah, in this dream she's, like, tiny. But uh, okay, sorry I just if I want got really close I want to, to I want a mental picture here. Right, a tableau. Yeah. So Marie wakes up and she tells the Nutcracker doll if he is real and if everything that happened was real, then she will love him unlike Pearly Pat. And then there's a loud bang. Marie passes out again. And then she wakes up to hear that Drosselmeyer's nephew just arrived from Nuremberg. He, her love broke the spell on him. The two get married and she is crowned the princess of the Doll Kingdom. The well, end. And what happened? Oh, I guess at this point the Rat Queen is is deceased. Yeah, she's dead. They only live two years, so yeah, you know, she, her time has passed. I'm glad that she lived, though. 
Yeah, um, she was an executed. I'm concerned that she had a seven-headed son, but glad that she lived. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 she, uh, she died at a ripe old age of two years old and probably was still hot. So <laughs> none of the women we're talking about are important unless they're also hot. Apparently, they're super hot, like the game, but hot. I don't know. I'm very tired. It's okay. I like to believe that the anthropomorphic rat queen is very hot. She's a... She's and a, also, we're oof. all furries, apparently. We're all rat furries. Anyway, you know, considering that rodents are the biggest mammal order, there should be a lot more rodent furries. And I ain't talking about bunnies. Bunnies aren't rodents. Anyway, sorry. I just get frustrated. I'm like, furry diversity should reflect the real world. Come on. There can only be so many German shepherds. There's a lot of dragons. Yes, I know. It's a problem. Anyway, um, I want to bring it back to uh, Jack Black, not the actor. Jack Black was a famous rat catcher. Uh, When was he? He was in the 1800s. Do you know him? No. Okay, well, his name was Jack Black. No relation to um, star of Shallow Hal, Jack Black. I would have said <clears> School <throat> of Rock. Yeah, School Nacho of Rock. Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. All of those great, excellent films. Um, no, J- this Jack Black was, like, a rat catcher and, like, a really flamboyant one. He, like, claimed to be the queen's rat catcher, and he literally wore, like, a sash with little rats on it. Oh, and, that's adorable. Yeah, um, he was probably a jerk, but yeah. So he, so England had a big rat problem because you know people were pooping in the street and such, um, and just throwing their garbage. And you know Europeans are the dirtiest people. So, oh, um, hang on. Wikipedia describes him not only as a rat catcher but also a mole destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> that's listen. <laughs> Man, that's a good title. But, he does um, not just catch rats. He does not just kill rats. <laughs> he does he not destroy, just catch like, and destroy. Doesn't doesn't catch or kill them. Destroys them. <laughs> Is he also like a pigeon annihilator? <laughs> oh, anyway, Mole Destroyer is gonna be the name of my next album. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it's gonna be my band name. <laughs> Anyway, um, Jack Black, right? He's important because uh, he not o- he didn't just you know catch and kill rats to get them off the streets. He also caught them for use in this fun, excellent, great English sport of rat baiting. Um, Is that rat- like bear baiting, but less interesting? <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch that. Um, <laughs> Rat baiting is when you take a bunch of very upset rats, you put them in a pit, and then you put a little terrier in there and time how fast the terrier can kill them all. So it's kind of like bear baiting. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And it was very popular. Um, And rat catchers would usually sell their rats to these rat baiters, um, which sounds really inappropriate when you say it like that. But anyway... Um, so there are a lot of, like, famous rat-killing dogs. I think one's name was, like, Jocko, which is so British. And, um, I think Jack Black had a dog, too, that he was proud of. I can't remember the name. Anyway, that's not important. Um, the the important thing is, from these, these rat-baiting pits, 
they would also breed rats, and sometimes they would come up with rats that looked fancy. And this is supposedly where somehow the Japanese hooded rat also comes in, because they would keep these fancy-looking rats um, and sell them to rich ladies who kept them as pets. And the Wikipedia article for Jack Black was like, he would put little bows on them. And I'm like, that's cute, if he didn't also brutally murder them in a blood sport. Um, <laughs> but, um, so then, because Victorians are terrified of sex, yet obsessed with breeding animals, right. um, it became, like, a thing to breed interesting-looking rats to them. Um, so they did this for a while, and they also did it with mice, but then, like, rats fell out of favor, and they only did mice, but then rats came back. Anyway, so... <laughs> like how rats fall in and out of vogue. I know. I'm like, love the rats. Um, and uh, in the 1800s, also, the um, lab rats started to be used for behavioral and genetic experiments. Um, and so those lab rats are where the ancestors, those first lab rats are the ancestors of all the lab rat strains yay. that are used today. I mean, yay, uh, <laughs> depending on your perspective on that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where lab rats come from. And they're, yeah, um, they're, they're there. They're still there. Um, they're still used a lot. Um, let's I have a see. quick question. And we're, I will we're getting answer. close to the end. Well, I have a lot more to say, so I don't oh. know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have a lot of rat topics. Uh, so a lot of people here in the West and in America and Europe specifically associate rats with dirtiness and disease because of the whole Black Plague thing. But are rats generally pretty clean animals? Oh yeah, they are, they are not... No. They spend a lot of time each day grooming. Um, they do like damp and dark places, and they are burrowers, but that does not mean they are dirty. They keep themselves pretty meticulously clean. Um, and pet rats, in particular, are not known to carry, you know, the um, diseases that would affect humans. Wild rats sometimes do, um, but it's not because they're dirty. It's just like, you know... They're there, um, and it happens, especially because we are essentially feeding them our trash. Right. Um, so it's yeah, kind of our own fault. if you ask fault. any New Yorker, rats are the worst thing. But Well, speaking of New York, you know that saying that there's a rat for every person in New yes. York? Incorrect. There are um, two rats for every person. No, there is about a rat for every four people. Oh. Based on the study. So there are not as many rats as you'd think. Um, and it's really, it's, it's, I, the rat issue only gets bad when the sanitation issue gets bad because there is more food for rats. If garbage right. is not protected, the rats breed, yada, yada. So it's less a question of eradicating rats than eradicating their food source. And the population will go down because like I said, it is really difficult to get rid of all the rats. People right. have tried and failed for millennia. It's I'm guessing we probably hard. need rats too, right? Well, I don't know if we need them. It's it's more of a <laughs> commensal relationship. They're there, we're there. We're kind of co-evolved, but it's not really symbiotic. I mean, unless you like depend on them to get rid of your trash. <laughs> I just put all <laughs> of my garbage out in the street and hope that a rat eats it. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. I I just have a lot of facts that I didn't get a chance to say, like. Rat teeth. 
what's cool about rat teeth is stronger than iron. Stronger than <laughs> so iron. So I've heard. Um, and they have enamel on the front, but not the back of the tooth, so that when they chew, the tooth wears at a sharp angle, which is how their teeth always stay sharp. And the teeth I'm talking about are their incisors, both upper and lower, which are the big, long teeth you see if you, like, look into the mouth. Um, Do you know something? Tell I me. have a bunch of short little snippet facts about rats and superstitions. And you okay. have... Can you narrow down your facts to, like, one sentence and we can do quick rapid fire, I do one, you do one? Well, okay, but let me finish talking about rat teeth. You do that. Okay. Um, they're normally yellow. That's normal. It doesn't mean they need to brush their teeth. That's just the color they come in. It's not weird. Um, and um, they can also move their lower incisors, like little scissors. They can open and close Whoa. them. Yeah, to hold food while they're chewing it. Um, That's wild. Anyway, go on with your fact. All right. Uh, so these are all according to the Encyclopedia of Superstitions and the Dictionary of Superstitions. Okay. Uh, rats supposedly have a sixth sense for danger attributed to their housing the souls of the departed, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Speaking of senses, rats love to pee on things. It's a big <laughs> deal. It's Their communication is pretty much very biased the way ours is towards vision and hearing towards um, scent marking, so they actually will just dribble urine wherever they like to go, and they will actually do it on each other. They'll crawl of each other and oh, smear ew. some pee. <laughs> okay, but rats. you know, it, it's it's just rat rat talk. Rat talk. Uh, it's pee. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. Rat yeah. talk. It's pee. And they will also pee on or near food that's safe to eat to signal to others. Well, it's probably not safe to eat if you're peeing on it. Well, rat urine, I guess, is so, like, Oh, no, Lydia, where'd you go? Am I gone? Lydia! Hello? Lydia! Hello? All right. We're back, everyone. Sorry, that was weird. My internet gave up. Wait, but, wait we're uh, not live, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? There aren't just you can people just, tuning in. You can just cut in. all this out. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, well, they're going to notice when we just suddenly stop mid-sentence. Yeah, anyway, that's true. What, what were we saying? You were saying that rats pee on things. I get food. I mean, that's about it. I mean, that's the end of that. You're going to give me another rat fact. Uh, Okay, so rats leaving a ship is seen as a bad omen, implying that the ship will sink. But rats boarding a new ship is seen as a good sign. But if you say the word rat while on a ship, it's bad luck. That's a lot of that's a lot of rat ship. One would think that they would not want rats to board ships. Yeah, but they also don't want them getting off ships. Hmm. All right. Well, let me let me find a fact that somehow corresponds to that. It doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, in in some cognitive tasks, especially in this one experiment, rats outperform human participants. Um, what is the task? The task was to look Eating at cheese. <laughs> no. Listen, you have to take this seriously. I can't. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a professional here. Um, <laughs> they uh, so the task was um, 
looking at two patterns. I mean, and the human participants weren't giving any instructions. They just had to learn that one pattern meant a reward, one pattern meant a punishment. Um, so, or rather, just a, a prolonged lack of a reward. Right, In the rat's right. case, it was they would they were dropped in a little pool and the pattern that was the good pattern had a little platform under it so they could get out um oh this is called a swim test i think and it's used in a lot oh, of you studies know i did read about this yeah, in probably in behavioral science yeah yeah um anyway so so when they they were testing the their ability to generalize so they would distort the what the patterns on one or two axes, so that they look slightly different, um, to, and see if the humans and the rats could still like identify quickly right. that one was good and one was bad. Um, the humans did okay when it was distorted on one axis, but they absolutely bombed it when it was on two axes. <laughs> whereas the rats performed pretty much perfectly in both cases. So, the researchers think that this was because humans were, like, thinking too hard about it. They are like, something's not right here. I don't know. Um, Whereas the rats were like, done, got it, let's go, (laughs) you know. So, um, and they also think it's because rats are very primed for foraging. So, they're very good at intuiting uh, connections between things and stuff like that. Um, And another interesting fact, I know this is longer than a sentence, but it's very interesting... Um, they can also, you can also train rats to tell the difference between movies with rats in them and movies without rats in them. (laughs) (laughs) And after training them, they can even tell the difference between, like, a screenshot with a rat in it and a screenshot without a rat in it. Uh, I don't think there's anything especially special about them seeing the image of a rat. It probably doesn't register as a rat even to them because they're so smell-based. If it doesn't smell like a rat, why would it be a rat? Um... But, um, uh, yeah, so they can, I mean, they, they have surprising cognitive ability, and in, in the non-rat videos, for some reason, the researchers used a little Thomas the Tank Engine toy. Um, that has nothing to do with anything, it just weirded me out a little <laughs> I like when Thomas I saw the it. Tank I actually don't, I find him super <laughs> creepy, um, and I don't enjoy his face. If you hear scraping noises, by the way, in the background, that's my two gerbils. Um, absolutely having a party. So I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Well, speaking of rats, higher cognitive functioning. Uh, if you want to get rid of rats, the best way is to politely ask them to leave. And if that doesn't work, you can try writing a letter, recommending an alternative home, usually that of a neighbor you don't like. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the note should be neatly folded and tucked into the rat's hole. Similarly, <laughs> if what, your baby, what if culture your baby is this loses, from? Uh, the Western cultures. Mm, mm. Similarly, probably British. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if your baby loses a tooth, you should leave the tooth in a rat hole, along with a note asking for a stronger one oh. to fill its place. Oh yeah, because the European tooth fairy is like a rat, right? Yeah, yeah, and the Spanish one too. Oh. Uh, yeah, rats. so rats are really good at notes. <laughs> they really like a good old-fashioned note. They're really, um, they're really educated and literate. All rats are literate. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of the movie, um, Ernest at Celestine, since we're talking about, even though she was a mouse. Oh, yeah, 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 the animated but, movie with the rat. I get, yeah, was she a mouse or a rat? I feel like I she was supposed remember. to be. Anyway, but it involved teeth. 
weirdly. <laughs> anyway. There was a weird plot with teeth in it. Um, it was very cute, though. What was I going to say? So, I guess we can continue on learning. Um, and, uh, and I would like to call mine learning, too. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I meant, like, say. the topic of learning. Oh, rat learning. <laughs> rat okay. learning. Um, rats... The rat smarts. Yes, the, the rat the rat thinkers. Um, they have uh, social learning, which is a big deal, because um, it's considered a higher cognitive function, again. Um, and usually, generally, it's related to food, because, again, they are generalist foragers. It means they can eat pretty much anything, but, I mean, as they actually can't, which is why it's important. Like, they will oh. eat anything, but they would die. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not good for them. So, uh, young it's rat... It's like Remus. Yeah, exactly. Like your cat. Like your stupid cat. Your stupid, <laughs> stupid boy. He's so um, good. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, young rats will watch what older rats eat and avoid what food they avoid and eat what food they eat. And um, they can even do this just from smelling a food on the adult's breath. If they smell a food on their breath, they will eat that food. Um, oh. And they also depend on adults to tell them to, well, inadvertent, like the rat isn't doing it on purpose, but right. they look to them to eat healthy. So they'll model, model their eating habits after adult rats. So like they'll see an adult rat eating a lot of protein and they'll be like, I need that. And they've done really sad experience where, like, they leave young rats um, alone without adults, and then the young rats, like, just eat junk. And oh. it's just terrible. They're just, they don't know, they just don't know how to eat healthy. Um, they need the adults to teach them. Well, speaking of rats who eat poorly, mm-hmm. if a rat is chewing on your clothing or furniture, especially bedroom furniture, mm-hmm. uh, it means that somebody's going to die, according to Pliny the Elder. That's unfortunate. And uh, also, according to him, rats uh, gnawing on the shield of warriors at Lanu- Lanuvium uh, <laughs> led to the Martian War and General Carbo's death at Clusium. I have... These are all Roman things. Um, I'm glad you explained that because it's all, I was going to say Greek, but Roman Roman. To me. <laughs> it's not a good joke. Um, it's not. But yeah, basically if a rat's chewing your bedroom furniture, uh, you're going to die. So What does it mean if a gerbil is? Because uh, gerbils are not rats, so That's... you're good. Mm, you're learning, you're learning. Good, good uh, job. <laughs> yeah, and also, this is my last one, so I might as well just say it. If a rat's leaving a house, it's an ill omen mm-hmm. and portends the house's destruction. But if a rat comes into your home, it's good luck. You're going to come into money. Kind of like the ship thing, but yeah, adapted for houses. I feel like these things and what people act- how people actually react if they see a rat oh, If my mom going. saw a rat coming into the house, she would burn the house down herself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very sad because they are quite cute. Um, and I have like three facts that I do want to get out. So uh, co- I'll come back to the cute thing and my, my dangling and real quick. Let me say, because I should have said this earlier, but many people are grossed out by the rat's hairless tail. Um, but in fact, it has an important function. Um, because it is hairless, they can use it in thermoregulation. Um, they have a lot of veins near the surface that can expand okay. if the rat is too hot to release heat and contract to conserve heat. Humans also do this. Uh, we have veins near our skin that do this. Um, 
and it's very helpful for a burrowing animal who's in tunnels of varying, you know, climates and such. Um, so right. that is why their tails are hairless. Many people wonder this. Now you know. Thank you. I feel smarter. Good. Um, <laughs> another fact is most rat vocalizations are above human hearing range. And in fact, they are quite off, quite constantly squeaking at each other in tones we can't hear. Types of rat discussions include good food, um, annoyance, <laughs> anger, excitement, and rat laughter, which is a <gasps> thing. Um, they have a specific it's like call. like regular laughter, but smaller. Very small. So small. Um, they have a specific laugh for when they are, or, or sound, that for when they are playing or anticipating play. So, like, if you tickle a rat, it will do its little rat giggle and then if it sees your hand and it expects a tickle, um, it will start to giggle. It's very cute. Um, but you cannot hear this. It, it, you have to use, like, a bat detector or some thing. A that, bat detector? Yeah, bat detectors um, are used with bats to detect frequencies above human hearing range. Um, and they can also be used with rats. Um, and, oh. in fact, they are in, in these uh, rat laughter studies. Um, okay, so to my last point about rats, right. my single, my, the, 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 uh, penultimate rat fact, I guess. Penultimate or ultimate? Ultimate. I did this twice. I just don't <laughs> the know. The ultimate rat Penultimate fact. just sounds like a better word. Um, rat empathy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> you may or may not have heard, dear listeners, of a study, a series of studies where rats show that they have empathy for trapped companions. Uh, in these studies, rats, uh, one rat that the rat like was cage mates with, was put into basically a very small cylinder with a little door that the rat couldn't open from the inside. Um, and the rat was unhappy because it was a little squished in the cylinder. And then they put another rat in the um, Thing that knew how to open this little door. And the, you know what? I learned about this in psychology, yes. too. Um, and so the rats would open the doors to let their, their buds out. Good. Aww. So then they would place them in a room with two little cylinders. One had chocolate chips in it, and the other had their very sad <laughs> friend. Um, and you would think that the rat would go for the chips. But no, they would release their friend and then share the chocolate with them, which Aww. is extremely cute. However, good, good rats. However, however, there's a dark side to our story. Oh, no. Is it dark (laughs) chocolate chips? No. I mean, no. Uh, Well, it has to do with darkness. Um, (laughs) Okay. Rats are racist. Oh! (laughs) Well, ratsist. They will help rats that they know as well as strangers as long as they're from the same strain. So in this case, they were using um, white rats from the, uh, I think, Sprague Dolly rats uh, is the name of the strain. So they would release white rats that they didn't know, but when they put in hooded rats, they would ignore them completely and just eat those chips and laugh at them. So they were super ratsist, and I'm just like, why did you have to make it white and black rats? Like, what was, what was your thinking there? Um, but 
if you see a bitch of a really sadistic rat like laughing at another rat in its little rat laugh too <laughs> um so oh. if you um house a rat with a, two two uh, ebony and ivory rats together living in perfect ah. harmony don't drop your mic sorry um they then the the rats will free each other once they know one good you know one good um black rat then they were like oh okay Every as a race they're not so bad um this and, is ridiculous and but if a rat is reared with so if a white rat is taken from its mommy at birth and reared in a family of black rats or hooded rats um then it will be racist towards other white rats and absolutely love uh, the hooded rats. Um, so it's very interesting. Uh, it's it's basically who they grow up with is who they trust uh, or who they want to help. Another thing is if you put the rat on anti-anxiety medication, it won't, it is less likely, rather, to help its friends and more likely to just go for the chocolate. Wow. So basically, <laughs> anti-anxiety medications make them just not care. They're not worried. They're not concerned. Well. <laughs> They're just eating the chips and like, Hey, uh, you're screaming for help, but uh, there's chocolate. Well, <laughs> we're gonna end the note. We're gonna end the podcast on rat racism, rat anxiety medication. Yes, but uh, uh, it is very nice that they have some empathy. I don't want you to think that rats right. are just all evil <laughs> and racist. No, um, no, some of them are nice. Some of them are uh, quite nice. So that's it for this week. We ran quite long yes I'm at have fun editing one this. and a half hour uh so before we go i just want to give a quick shout out to tinkle the bat mm-hmm. and zappa johns who provided our theme song for us uh tinkle the bat is a lovely male bat with no thumbs and how many fingers uh uh, he has all oh, no, of his fingers. <laughs> what is it again? He ha- he has like I I don't know the exact number of teeth he has, but it's not a high number. Um, I he love is an him. old boy. I think he's in his twenties. I don't know his exact age. Um, well, and he loves to squeak, and he provided squeaks for our theme. Thank yeah, you, he Tinkle. collaborated with Zappa Johns, and you can find Zappa Johns. Uh, at the podcast Poetry Slowdown, which he produces. Um, and you can also find more of his musical work at Thpock, T-H-P-O-C-K, on SoundCloud. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can find me on Twitter at Kagunekun, K-A-G-U-N-E underscore K-U-N, on Twitter. And I don't know if you want to share your Twitter. Uh, with my Twitter is Batragus, all one word, B A T T R A G U S. Um, and my Tumblr is Corios. That's where I do a lot of reblogging and animal talk. And you can also find Tinkle, Tinkle the Bat, or remember him, um, at. Um, <laughs> we just talked about him. At the Luby Bat Conservancy. He does not have a Twitter, however. If, if I talk to the keepers and he gets famous enough, I'm sure they could set up one for him. Um, or for the other bats. Oh, we should try to get them to make a, 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 a whole Twitter just for Aww, those bats. Like a little Nardo Twitter and a little Lace Twitter. All and my a hashtag friends. and a hot dog Twitter. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, hashtag. that is the name of a bat. <laughs> <laughs> they all had wild names. Yes. So shout All out right, to the Luby Bat Conservancy. 
Shout out to Luby in Gainesville. Yes. Where um, I did my undergrad. You can, you can have a tour there and see the bats. They are bats. If you do, give Tinkle a kiss for us. Well, don't. Uh, last You're not allowed but not, to touch them. Don't okay, give don't give Tinkle a kiss, he, but he like give him an air kiss. He probably blow a kiss like to him. If you kissed him, he's, he's, he's very squeaky and cranky. Uh, last but not least, <laughs> if there's any reason you want to email us, if you have a fun story to share, or you want to ask a quick question about animals, or you want to suggest have... an animal for us to do, yeah, or if maybe you just have a, you want to just say hello, and whatever if, you if want. If you want to correct one of my facts and fight with me, or one of my facts, and uh, fight, with, fight with her. Yeah, please fight with me. Please don't uh, fight with me. I'm very tired. We both have anxiety and we're very sleepy. Um, we need some we of that have an email address is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you can email us at that's wild podcast, all one word, that's wild podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is it for this week. Lydia, please no more animal facts. I have so many. Listen, I didn't I have like a whole other chunk here, so we better Stop. get off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Goodbye. I love you. I love we you, too. We need a better sign-off. That's wild. Just that's say that's wild. wild. <laughs> that's yeah, wild. Yeah, we didn't say it enough this episode. Bye. Bye. I love you.